Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I am very much Chris. <laughs> Hello, very much Chris. So today we are talking about Melbourne, uh, some very Supercoach relevant players, particularly yeah. Big Maxi Gorn. Hey, oh, big old Maxi. Uh, but first things first, uh, you can find us on Twitter. It's SC underscore insider underscore and on facebook.com forward slash SC insider. So please find us and give us a like if you enjoy the content. Uh, give, us give a us, shout out. Yeah, Let's give get us some interaction going on the on the pages. And we've give us some motivation, now. you know, yeah. to keep doing what we love. I think yeah. we've been enjoying it so far. We have. I think, for, I mean, it's a passion project for us. I think we've got a lot to share. And um, I really enjoy uh, the banter that Supercoach brings, but also um, just the community. I think it's really, they all get together and they all um, like debating issues and topics. And, and that's why, you know, this has been, I think, so successful. Yes, I do like the debate. And um, just like Dr. Supercoach had a, about an hour debate about um, Dustin Martin the other day, and then he didn't even put him in his side. <laughs> and I was like, mate, we spoke maybe for like an hour. No, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I was the, the swing man. But, shout uh, out to Dr. Supercoach. Yeah, He's shout a out long Dr. Time, Supercoach. Long time listener. And, um, uh, definitely motivate us. Uh, definitely yes. for uh, to get into involved with the hour and podcast, and um, has provided some great feedback for us as well, which we're trying to take on board. Yep. So, so. you might have noticed we're just trying to tweak it. So the better we uh, get, audio well, quality. the more we do this, the better we'll get. So just the yeah. audio, uh, we're trying to get that as clear as possible. But look, Melbourne, I think they have the round thirteen buy, so they do share that with a couple of half decent sides like Collingwood and GWS. Half decent. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Any like, chance you get to take a pot shot, mate? Any it's not. Chance. It's no, not that. It's more. It's not the round fourteen buy. If so no, I just want to know this, just for the viewers out there. If Collingwood are half decent, then what does that make Brisbane? Um, that makes Brisbane the younger brother that will soon outperform. Oh, of course, just like all the times you beat us all the time. We have had this podcast, Chris. <laughs> so okay, no, so they got the round, okay. the round thirteen buy. Um, the thing to note with Melbourne, they actually have a, a pretty good start to the year. Uh, yes, they have Geelong first up, but then they verse uh, the Lions, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Richmond is probably the harder game there. Um, so that'll be a big one, uh, April 24th. Essendon, Saints, Suns, Carlton. Um, but at the back end of the year, I mean, they verse Adelaide a couple of times. Uh, here's the here's the kicker though. So I like to look at like for especially for draft around mm-hmm. nineteen onwards because that's when you want these players performing. If it comes to a 50-50, you know, particularly for forwards, look for your guys that have easy draws come mm. the finals. Because as a forward, if they're versing the hardest defensive team, they're not going to score you. Whereas if they verse, you know, Lord forbid, Brisbane or Carlton or someone that they could probably get more of a score on, they're going to score huge. And if it comes down to a 50-50, this guy or the other guy, pick the one that has a better finals run. So what I mean now is in round 19 for draft, Melbourne versus Adelaide away. Okay, so if you win that game, they verse Gold Coast at home, which is great, but then they also verse... Sydney, and then they verse West Coast all the way over in Perth. So they've got three pretty decent sides. I mean, you've got, what, Adelaide and Sydney, which are meant to be around that top four sort of mark, where they're hard opposition anyway. Yeah. Eagles I see being easier, but they're, they have to travel to Perth. So it's not going to be an easy run for Melbourne. That kind of makes me not so interested in draft for some of these Melbourne players. Yeah. Um, look, I think, you know, midfielders and Gorn, you know, you're never going to go wrong there because they're still going to get clearances. Gorn's still going to get hit outs, and that's, that's fine. 
Um, but for forwards uh, or for your Petraka types that you know, spend time forward, it's going to be really tough to, to pick a, a Petraka and hope that he goes really well in that ridiculously hard uh, slog of the, of the season. Yeah, so. And I think you'll find that some of these might get off to a flyer. Like I said, they verse Brisbane, they verse North. Hawthorne could be scored against as far as supercoach-wise. Uh, oh, yeah. Essendon, St Kilda, Suns and Carlton. You know, so there's definitely some points to be had there. And I think some of these guys, like even an Oliver, might get off to a flyer. And then by the time people jump on, you know, the the ship might have sailed a little bit on that yeah. one. I think, to be completely honest with Melbourne and the, and the way that they're progressing and, and how their team is travelling, this year needs to be a year they start really stamping their authority and dominating teams like Carlton. They have to start like well. Gold Coast, yeah. They have to start well um, with that if they If they don't turn the corner at the buys well up in games one, I think it's all over for their season. So Yeah, their back end's not too easy and they even... Even some of the easier games, they're still 50-50. Like, you're still versing the teams around them. Saints, Collingwood, yeah. the it's Bulldogs. Tough being in that middle six bracket where um, you don't get that easier draw, especially you're, you're playing teams that are around you that are also on the improve. You know, uh, Melbourne's playing St Kilda. Melbourne's playing you know, Carlton. Yeah, the, the or Dogs. And Collingwood. Or the yeah, teams everyone. that are all around that same level. And you know, one's got to dominate the other. But really, you want to win both games. And it's tough because... They are also on the improve, so they're they're improving with you, which means your ladder position doesn't get any better, and that consistently happens, and that's unfortunately happened the past few years, and it's why I think the pies are just never gonna really get up there unless they drop right down. That's I weird. Gotta... I thought we've had the pies podcast. Oh, no, all, <laughs> all, all all podcasts are about the pies. It is. It? Well, no, but <laughs> that that point you made is relevant, so I will I'll allow that one. Oh, you'll, you'll let Sidebar. The we'll let that one through the keeper. <laughs> um, so look, let's get into the first guns. Clayton Oliver. Uh, he was one. Who look? I thought he had potential. Um, what, I watched, a, what a jet! So by look, the way. He, here's what happened, right? So we're watching. Uh, I think his <laughs> first JLT? his first two JLTs. I think he scored a hundred flat. No, nah, it was like a hundred. No, no, hundred hundred flat. The first two of the JLTs. The third one comes along, and I'm busy. I'm doing something. I have a life. Sure he is. Let's let's face it. <laughs> and then I, I tune into the game. I check the stats. I think I was messaging you it, at the time. It is not. No, I think we we're messaging unrelated stuff. Time. Right, I think it was uh, just after quarter time, maybe towards half time, and coming into half time, he had like twenty disposals, or he's going off tap, something huge, and I was like, "Holy crap, he is killing it!" Let me quickly log online. I'm gonna put Oliver in my side on my bench and get rid of Guthrie, which would have been amazing. P.S. Guthrie was horrible. Yep. Anyway, I'm like, "Where's where is this Oliver guy?" And then I have a look, and Chris has picked him up. I'm like, "Dude, oh, yeah, quarter I said, time special." I was like, "You picked him up?" He's like, "Yeah, like quarter time." He he's, had like he's... eleven disposals in that first quarter. Anyway, so Absolutely he's like, he's like, dominated. "Oh, he's he's killing it." I was like, "I hate you." I just tried to pick him up, and next minute, and he has like a stellar year up by like what was his average increased by forty one points in, in in that game. They had their entire squad, so it wasn't like he was getting played out of position just because he's Clayton Oliver. I don't care. Tell me all the dominated. reasons in the world. I still hate you. <laughs> <laughs> It was, un- like, honestly, and look, I mean, the and first was game. free. For first, free. First three games of the season, 109, 139, uh, 102, and then he went 112, 115, 108, 91, 142, 91, 112. Like, uh, and if anyone actually thought that was going to happen, first of all, you deserve a, a big well, clap. Jock Reynolds, if you're out there, I mean, I know you've been hiding under a pillow, but... Uh, in his magazine, his uh, points per minute were huge. He did say that Crouch and Oliver could be potential breakouts. 
and um, I didn't listen. No, no, to no I don't think many people did. I actually got on board as the uh, round three special in standard, so I did trade to Oliver very early and make sure that I capitalize on his cash flow. Um, and that really, considering all the other bad decisions I made last year, it actually put me back in the race. It was um, a mid-price year. Oh. Even the, you could have started the ruck line with literally rucks. Com- well, com- <laughs> well, no, that just rucks. Like you're looking at wits, and um, like you could have end um, the Richmond, um, the Nank, Nankervis, the Nank. You could have had a ruck lineup combined of 500k yeah and it would have been the best ruck start combo you probably could have had yeah i i, I had nank the whole year but i probably should have traded him out later but i got to a point where i was, was too committed i was poor committed with red nank just had him at uh, f6 in the, at the end of the year so so all right well let's get back into oliver he's 612k uh still a year like i said he went up 41.2 super coach points which is unheard of, I think, from I the think year before. That's it possibly huge. could be the best from a Ranger we've ever experienced. Well, yeah, let's face it, I don't get much time out in the sun. But, um, yeah, I can't believe he missed out on, like, by a quarter, less than a quarter. He's still so butthurt. Still very so burnt, butthurt. very burnt by that. But, hey, look, yeah, he's carving it up. So I think the potential for upside is still huge. My only concern is he went from, you know, that 70 average bang right up to, like, a 111. So... But he's young. He does get a lot of contested ball, so I don't see it dropping away. Hopefully he doesn't handball as much. He does handball more than he kicks, and that's that's the one thing. I don't think it's because he has a bad kick. He just he's, he's a clearance machine. Yep. He honestly gets the ball at the clearances every time, and it's so good to watch. And the positive is he's only in 5% of sides. Yeah. So. And you've got Gorn coming back, and he was injured for most, most of the last year. He hit a 170 late in the year, and that was so good because – that week I had him as a vice captain too, just in case anyone was wondering, and um, he won me the game that week as well. Um, but um, honest, honestly, um, he's the sort of player where he can go big if he kicks more than he handballs. So I think there's more scope for him to develop because he does have good skills. It's just that he's so yeah, firing the clearances. And he's a beast. He's like a mini Crips with red hair. Yeah, yeah he if is. If you can yeah. picture that just yeah. for a second. But look, he had 1,700 scores. Or more, uh, only one score, pretty much on that below eighty mark. Um, average one nineteen point six his last six games. So I think the potential is definitely there. I mean, I, I know I've seen one of the Doctor Supercoach guys put him in their side uh, simply because I don't think he had cash for some other things. Um, um, yeah, look, I think with with Oliver, the problem is he, I think he's six twelve k, and that puts him around about the same price as Zorko Crouch. I think Ablett is around about just a little bit more expensive than that too. So uh, he's probably not going to be in very many sides, to be honest. Yeah, 5%. Yeah. Um, so you've got a bonus there. Um, I, is this year, uh, is he going to go another five points per game? Is he going to go another 10 points per game? Does he have that next level? I, I, I'm not sure. I think he was very consistent. Over 100, yeah. yeah. I think he was very consistent, so his average stayed nice and true. Yeah. Because of the inside, like, the real massive insideness of his game, I'm not sure he really has that 120 potential. You know, that's reserved for the guys that really get forward with the ball, deliver inside 50, go forward, take a mark, kick goals. Um, that's your, you know, your Dustin Martin or your. Um, uh, your Dangerfield. The only one that uh, recently that has done that successfully is your Tom Mitchell, but he's the guy that racks up 40s and 50s. And, and Oliver's best return, I think, was that 170 game. I think he had 38 possessions. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, either he's going to turn into that guy that gets ridiculous numbers or he converts his game and can get forward and kick a goal 
um, take a grab, etc. I'm just not sure he's that player. I'm excited by him. I just don't know if um, I'm willing to pick him this year based on the unknown. But yeah. that, like that being said, he was very consistent. So by all accounts, you shouldn't I be worried. I think he'll stay him. where he is. I, I've tipped him to, to average that 110. I think he's going to be good value. I just don't think he's going to be able to be the guy that increases in value. And for that reason, I'm not going to choose him in my starting squad. That but makes sense. Could be the only reason I'd to. probably put him in my side is based on that point of difference where mm. people are jumping on all these people around him and he's only 5% ownership which is kind of a nice difference if you do want something and you're if you're a Melbourne supporter for instance why not put him in your side yeah you know if you like Melbourne and you watch their games I know Chris is an avid <laughs> Melbourne supporter yeah. Just loves their def- <laughs> just loves their defensive pressure and the contested. It's not necessarily Melbourne. I do like watching some Melbourne games, but a lot of the times I just feel it's just stoppage football, and that suits Oliver. So I mean, that's from Ruse. You know, that's how he coached and that's how he b- brought them in, and that has flown into Goodwin's uh, game plan, um, and that suits Oliver to a T. It also suits. I mean, when you've got the best ruckman in the comp in Gorn and a clearance machine like Oliver. And yeah, you know, guys like Brayshaw running around as well. Like, wouldn't you just obviously go for stoppage play? Like, so it makes sense. But um, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just not fun. It's got a nice ring, the redhead and the giant. <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, you you laugh more in, at that than I do. Put him in the greatest showman. Terrible jokes. Put him in the greatest showman. Oh, I know? love the greatest showman. Great movie. In case anyway. you haven't watched it, still at cinemas. Go see Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron. Fantastic to see now. There's more people in that. But anyway, yeah. so <laughs> look, let's get on to Max Gorn. Then he's 503k. The man himself said he should be in your super coach side. Yeah, he literally said, I'm a lock. I mean, he's, he's actually hilarious. I, I love him on the footy show. His personality is awesome, but he literally said, I don't know why you wouldn't have me in your team. <laughs> yeah, so Max the lock Gorn, I think yeah. we can call him. Uh, 503k. Over 57% of people have him, which makes me wonder who doesn't have him. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's ridiculous value for a guy that is... I, I know why. I mean, the, the knock is the body, obviously. Like, But two years ago, he was easily the best ruck in the competition. Captain option, vice-captain option. And his ceiling was huge. He had oh. like a 174, a 172, a 168, a 167, a 151. Just... Just Absolutely. rattling off big numbers. He was literally outdoing uh, Danger that year. Like, it was insane. And I was just like, if you didn't have the both of them, you were really far behind. Yeah, it was um, crazy. So even 2017, he started the year with a 128 and a 111, and then he got injured. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be fair, he didn't come back too well. Uh, it's pretty hard as a ruckman. They generally start a bit slower anyway. Like, it takes a bit longer for their tank. It does. It's, They're it's, a bit heavier. They're a bit more lanky. It's normal. I mean, it's it's why Nick Nat's obviously still questionable at this point. But I think... They're a slow burner. Yeah, I think that um, with the with the draw that they have early in the year, you've got to go Gorn. You just have to lock him in. If, if, if you don't start with him, you're going to be behind. Um, so for me, he's a hundred percent locked in my side, and it's a question mark on Nick Nat. And so. even, even in a bad year, he still had a modest average of ninety seven. Yeah. Um, like, and if and that's if you if pretty much when you take out his injured game of twenty seven, so you put all things aside, he's actually not too bad. Uh, in the off season, he went overseas, so he didn't sort of rest on his laurels. He went overseas. I follow him on Twitter, and he's actually quite funny on there as well. But he was uh, doing some Twitter updates that were quite hilarious while he was over there. So that's funny, um, and that's not a Collingwood player. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> he's I, not like, a Swan. I appreciate all forms of humour. Well, right. and uh, well, I don't know if you saw, but um, they signed up Dane Swan to the Footy Show. So uh, I did. There big you go. Tip of the cap to Dane. 
honestly, if they could have signed up anyone to save that show, he's the one to do it. I think Juddy, Swanee, and uh, Favola, they're all yeah. different. And I think they can... Anyway, so that's... that's I'm that. just, I might I, actually watch I it. I actually can't wait for the Sam Newman Favola shit that's about to go down. <laughs> it's got to be good. It's, yes. it's got to be good TV, so, yeah. Probably uh, not quite as good as this podcast, though, right, Chris? Oh, no. This, <laughs> uh, listen to this over anything. Anyway, so look, uh, Gorn, he went and completed fitness training in the USA during the off-season. He actually dropped eight kilos... Uh, when he came back, he's like, oh, geez, I'm pretty light. Maybe I'll get blown over in the wind. <laughs> so, you know. Um, so he thought he had gone with the wind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and uh, look, he put on another three dude, to four kilos. That was your best effort to date. Well um, I can thank someone else's Supercoach team for that one, I think. Um, <laughs> look, he put on another three to four kilos in lean muscle, so he's kind of halved way back. So he's not as lean. But by all accounts, he's very fit, so he hasn't missed a session uh, and he finished um, the year quite well as well, averaging uh, 107 in his last seven games. So Lock. 100.7, should I say. So, Lock. look, big ceiling, lock him in, move on, and just enjoy, just, just enjoy the riches. The away. Worst case scenario, he gets injured and you can trade him. He'll be worth enough value to trade him someone to equally as good. So, like Cruiser? Yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> no. Right up. If he gets injured after round, or the ten, round 10 by or whatever it may be, um, you can just sideways him to rider. Just yeah. yeah, just don't even don't even think about it. Just get Gorn your team, hundred percent lock him away. All right. So the next person is uh, Michael Hibbard. Yeah, um, and he's probably outside of say Yo and Laird. He's the only one worth considering as a defender for your you know D one or D two. Yeah. Um, I think I think he considering that he was actually injured twelve months ago yeah. to start the preseason. He missed the start of the year. And then he came out and actually had a very good start to the year, considering. Oh, his start uh, was and he good. Had a, and he had twelve months off prior to that as well. His so. mid, his the middle of the season was really iffy, and I'm I'm worried about maybe whether or not that was, um, yeah, Melbourne's form that made him dip, which means to me, if you're going to choose Hibbard, you've got to be wary because at the end of the season he may just have a a real uh, form slump with Melbourne with their hard draw. So um, it's a it's a buy beware because of that. Yep. So. Um, so quick little shout-out as well to Jackson Pallet. Uh, this is our second shout-out. So thank you for your very good question regarding Hibbard. So pretty much um, Jackson's question was, you know, with Lever coming into the side, do we think that that will affect Hibbard's uh, output and his supercoach scores? Uh, it was quite a good question. Funny because I brought this up to Chris about 90 minutes before uh, we posted that Twitter uh, announcement to sort of get people's feedback uh, I think we both agree that uh, yeah. I don't see it affecting him at all. I mean, Chris had some very I mean, good insight about um, you know his inclusion in Adelaide didn't affect um, Laird's output. Laird's output. I think if anything, I think if um, Lever comes in and gets some intercept marks and and that sort of thing, I think it'll actually you know help leave uh, Hibbard on the rebound, so he'll get some more extraction. I think as well, if you take into account that they um, they're now moving uh, Tom McDonald completely forward, which I think is terribly stupid i don't know why yeah, he's a much better defender we'll rule him out in a second yeah but um uh with him moving forward i mean he was playing the lever role um yeah he was moved forward and swung forward but at times would go back and that's exactly the same exact style role that lever plays he plays on a man he gets up but he is that sort of alex Rance style fullback that can take an intercept mark can use the ball by foot and deliver. Yep, and backs, so same him, backs himself in, but I think, yeah. yeah. Same as Lever. So I, I, I would consider absolutely no impact on Hibbard. Um, I don't think it's it's at, 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 sorry, at all relevant. 
Um, it's more to me, I think, that he is a bit of a downhill skier and he runs over teams that uh, either A, don't lock him down or don't pay him any attention, or when when Melbourne are playing good, he plays really well. And that, I think, is an issue for him moving forward. Yep. So 2017, he had 10 scores of 100 or more. Um, yeah, So, and I think it's interesting if he has a, a full preseason, so I know there's a little bit to go. Yeah. But considering he was injured last year, I think if he's full health, I think um, you know, the sky's the limit. And especially with that yeah. kind of player, like the you know Doherty led Yo, if they get off the chain, you know he's definitely one that can capitalise. He's just prone to the odd stinker, which is unfortunate. So he's three scores under sixty-seven, one of them fifty-six, uh, one of them sixty-four. I mean that really impacts him. And then around them, you've got scores like one twenty-six. He hit a one forty at one stage, and one thirty-four. So he does have the high ceiling if he can manage to even that out. I think he, I think he definitely will be a top six. I think that's a lock. I think it's whether or not he can uh, be more consistent and become the number one because at the moment the number one is really open. There's no one really averaging that yep. 105, 110 defence this year without Doherty. And I think looking at their draw, if you're tempted to go with him, I think you're probably better off starting him. Yeah. Instead of trying to come in around the bye and then they have some pretty tough games on the back end, I think you want to try and capitalise on those points early. Yeah. And You've then try and look or not, not pick him up. I think. I, I think, think by that point, to him later. I think he might be. He might have a good run early based on that draw. Yeah. And then he'll be high in price. And then by the time you pick him up at a premium, I don't know if he'll deliver that same average. No. Um, the front end. If you're looking at overall, the front end of the season is going to be much better for him. So um, I wouldn't be doing it. If you are going for a league win, I probably would go a Yo or a a Laird over uh, Hibbard. Um, If you're going for overall, then perhaps Hibbard is the one that you have instead of a Laird or a Yo. Unfortunately, you can't really carry three because it's just too much price. Yeah, unless um, you're going three basement price players, but yeah. yeah, yeah, unless you're going three with three like Rick rookies potentially. Yeah, but I don't think there's too much in the defensive and line. And then you probably can't have danger because that's just it yeah. puts you out of the price point. Yeah, and you're kind of then relying on O'Shea and then some of these yeah. other guys to actually really perform. So just um, yeah, so that, that's how I would approach it. If you're going for overall, um, yeah, I think is a good choice. If you're going for a league win, I would probably reconsider. All right, so Nathan Jones, probably more supercoach relevant, uh, not really. A gun, I mean, I do wish the man very well. He's uh, Nathan Jones is the greatest Supercoach player of all time. He gifted me my first ever Supercoach League win. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Chris pulled a Bradbury. He was so far behind, and then this guy, hey, 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 hey Jones got I a minus I didn't four, get to the grand, I didn't get to the grand final by being a Bradbury, all right? It took a lot of weeks of dedication. I got to the grand final, and I was well behind, and he happened to get minus four, and I was very happy about it. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much did like um, well, a clanger and then got injured and went off the field. Anyway, so that's that's Chris's uh, rise to fame. Hey, all. Um, look, let's <laughs> let's get into it. Nathan Jones, he scored nine hundreds. Uh, three of those were one thirty plus, and three of those were one twenty plus. So he does get on the board. He does capitalise when he gets uh, going. So that's that's definitely a positive for him. Uh, he improved his output, even though he spent two percent less time on ground, which I think is quite impressive. Definitely. Um, And, look, he's not really a standard uh, attraction for me, but he's definitely serviceable in draft. I think he's one that will get you some very good scores. He tries hard. 100%. Serviceable. He's someone that you could rely on in draft, I think. Yeah, great late draft choice, and he's going to go cheap, and um, and you should look for him if if you're around that mark. Um, also, he's got a lot of tats, which is always good. So, yep, and he's five fifty four k in standard. <laughs> if you did want to, the tat man. Uh, all right, so Jack Viney oh, is the most frustrating supercoach. Four ninety six k. 
I don't know why this guy won't get out of his way to reach his potential. I mean, he tries to come back too early, tries to play through injury, doesn't do you any favours. So, look, there's tough. We both and then had him pegged for a, a breakout last year, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. We did. Uh, you pipped him before I could get a chance, and then I'm kind of happy again uh, that I, you know, it didn't work out. So, yeah. look, uh, I think there's tough and then there's reckless. So I want to see him performing his best. I do like the way he plays his footy. Um, but, look, he, he hurt his foot. He came back. His foot's still sore. He's progressing slower than expected. There's no ETA on his return date yet, which very much puts him in doubt for round one. That's which basically rules him again, out. Again, rules him out in standard 100%, as well as in draft for me, I wouldn't be picking him early on, yeah. or at least not at his average. Someone else will not take notice of the fact that he's injured, and they'll pick him up, and you don't just don't worry about it. Yep. I'd probably be keen a round or two after, yep. but at the same time. Here's another little tip, though. If you do have people in your league, if you're playing draft, um, and there's someone that's injured, like a Viney, let them know about it. This guy's injured. He's horrible. In doubt for round one. He's progressing slowly. Tell them, special. <laughs> tell them all the news in the world, because all you're going to do is make them aware, and then they're going to actually be put off. So you might be able to get him a round or two bench. later. No, bench. Oh, you could get him later. You <laughs> could get him later. So don't be afraid. If someone's doing bad and you are interested in them, tell the world about it because it's just going to put people off, which then might help you in the back end. Yeah, see, Ben's a bit of a, <laughs> a demon. He doesn't care. Feelings don't matter in Supercoach oh, Draft. There's no feelings in Supercoach Draft. <laughs> there's no friends either, apparently. There's no feelings. You, you pretty much, sometimes I've really wanted somebody and I've set my alarm at like 10 minutes to 4 yes, a.m. you're that guy. And then there's I'll go on and look at, look at what everyone wants on the waiver and then I'll pick who I want. Well, that's what you have to do if you're coming to the top of the ladder. You need to be crafty with your picks, right? Sure, yeah. Anyway, so look, um, so Viney, uh, look, that's I like him, name. but he gets injured a lot. And yeah, so. Big um, no. Yeah, big no. Big now, no, big now no. Now, Jordan, no. uh, Jordan Lewis. Someone who <laughs> continually kicks five goals a game against Collingwood, which I really like. Um, I mean, how has he gone at Melbourne? I mean, it's it's sort of been hit and miss, hasn't it? It d- depends on the week. Look, I think Jordan he's Lewis. been good. There, he's been there's been a lot of talk about him playing the majority of the season in defence. Um, he hasn't missed a session in preseason. Uh, he actually finished 2017 strongly. Uh, I think that seems to be the Lewis way. I think he, you know. So this year, uh, 2017 just gone, sorry, he averaged 100.7 in his final seven games, which included four hundreds. Uh, four hundreds. hundreds. So, hundreds. <laughs> um, maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> um, look, but he's not super coach relevant for me um, in standard. Well, he had a stint of, well, one game injured. So round two and then got, round two and then got injured. Then three games out with injury. And then he came back for five games without a ton then the bye, and then came back for five games without a ton, and then had a good back end. Yeah, had a good back end. I just... <laughs> just think, uh, hear what you want to hear, right? Yeah. Thanks, I like to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's a no. Uh, just, yeah, I don't think he's relevant. Here. I think for draft, you might be able to get him. Um, I mean, what was, then, what was his yearly average? Like 87 or something? Yeah, uh, which... 87.3 after after a year of 99.4. And, and then an inflated back end. Yeah. So, yeah, it might be... A... He probably... Yeah, his true average is probably closer to 80 or 82. And for that reason, he'll probably go earlier in draft and it's just not something I'm interested in, so... Yeah, yeah. and there's nothing we like more than inflated people with gas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just, yeah, 
Uh, look, yeah, Andy's getting older. There's a bit of risk there, and he's becoming less reliable. So for me, yep, I agree. Yeah, he's 32 in a couple of months. I might be tempted just because he looks good on my team, but I won't be paying anything over, <laughs> so that's for sure. Yep. Uh, Tom McDonald we touched on earlier, likely to stay forward with uh, Lever and Lewis and the other McDonald in defense. Uh, here's a good fact for you. He lost 51% yeah. of his offensive 50-50s so in 2017. He's actually terrible forward. I, I can't, I've never he seen is, anyone. He is ranked worst. Oh he my is God. ranked worst out of the top 60 forwards. The, the amount of intercept uh, marks that he can take in defense, reading the play like it's going out of fashion, and then he can't hit a ball on the lead and take it in his hands. I don't understand. I had him last year. He frustrated the hell out of me the whole year. Watching him drop marks and just not perform, it was really frustrating. Yep. I don't know why they think he's a better forward than he is defender, or maybe they just have more defenders than forwards, and he's the best of the bunch and just has to play forward. And, I mean, look, Jack Watts isn't there this year. The map you know, opens up a little bit more room for him, but... I yeah, don't I, I don't know. Jack Watts? Oh, yeah, he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. I was going to say, I think, I think maybe... Um, yeah, when the the ball's coming to him, yeah, he seems to suit it a lot better. But when the balls are sort of on the lead, ball, yeah, so you yeah, have to face. play him behind, right? Yeah, just doesn't make sense to me. And he's a good slingshot player. So, but yeah, I'm not an a- just so everyone knows, I'm not an AFL coach. I mean, I should be, but I'm not. So a- may- maybe, a- maybe, a Ross Lyon, yeah. pay attention. <laughs> maybe Simon Goodwin knows a little bit more about football than I do. Yeah, or you know, so uh, but look, uh, also McDonald had off-season surgery on both his ankles. So he only just came back to training like last, Jesus. like literally um, j- training in January. So a couple of weeks ago, he's, he's finally come back to training. It's, it's probably from Jeremy Howe taking that absolute scream run that was mark of the year, right? Yeah, probably like condensed all his bones to dust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was that goal of the year? No, that's no, right. My, no, that's no, right. It was, wasn't. Um, look, no, so McDonald's. Don't know how, remember? Don't know how. Don't know, don't know how. <laughs> Listen to the uh, the Essendon Essendon. episode if you can. It was hilarious. Yeah, don't know how. <laughs> Um, look, uh, McDonald's 700s, he scored in 2017, so that's actually not too bad compared to a lot of other people around his range, but he had some stinkers. I mean, he had a 38, a 43, a 48, and another 48, not to mention his last seven rounds, he averaged 67.7, and that doesn't show that doesn't show any confidence going into 2018. Well, I'd say that you know, the, the, the rounds where he actually um, scored tons were when he was playing in defense, pushing forward, not the other way around, so... I would just say a big no. If you see him in the forward line, no. Here's the thing, though. If if for some reason... If you see him in the forward back, line, get a refund. <laughs> if he gets swung back in the middle of the season, he may be cheap enough to get a really nice upgrade to and all of a sudden make $150,000 in a few weeks. Yeah. Or play so seven defenders like him. he did a few years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, next ones we have uh, a few mid-prices, so I'll go into the breakouts shortly. But I think the mid-prices, there's quite a few around the mark that could have a lot of potential. Uh, so I think um, Angus, Mr. Concussed himself, Brayshaw. Um, <laughs> yep. 316K, I think he has a lot of talent if he can stay on the park. I'm actually really interested. The, the problem's going to be where in the midfield mix he sits because Oliver literally just destroyed his position. Yeah. They're not going to move Oliver to, to accommodate a Brayshaw. And I don't think you're going to have two of the same sim- or similar real hard-nosed, hard-ball-get type of players in the midfield. Um, have you not seen Geelong? What do you mean? <laughs> danger is the danger is really not a, a hard like don't get me wrong he wins hard ball but he's more of an outside player or he's an inside outside mix whereas Bra- Brayshaw is an inside player 
Oliver is an inside player. They're not inside outside. Well, if Viney takes a while to get into the mix, maybe. Um... Well, Viney is actually more. Like, he he's more considered inside outside because he can spread from packs. I just don't think that Brayshaw has the um, legs or speed or pace to outdo um, yeah an Oliver. Or I think and I think he's behind their pecking order. So I'm, I would be surprised if he gets uh, a lot of mid minutes. Um, but it's interesting to see how he'll actually go. So another one to watch is uh, Salem, 437k. I don't think Chris is too keen on this guy. but look, Ooh, uh, burn man. Burn man. But um, <laughs> look, I, I've heard he's training well, and he's on my list of Never watching again. for draft. Beautiful kick. And I can Never get him cheap. Uh, Hogan for draft. It could be an eye out. Um, had a bad year, a year of adversity, so he had some things going against him. But that being said, he could be definitely on the up this year. Again, I'm not that certain, but I will keep an eye on him for draft. He'll max out at sort of 85 to 90. Yep. He's not um, going to be a, a brilliant... As far as standard, Harley Balik is one to watch. A good draft pick, highly rated, could get into that mid-mix. Cheap enough. And for, uh, yeah, 252k, so cheap enough. He's watch my, for the JLT. He's my Christian, uh, Christensen yep. watch. So if he doesn't do well, he was my replacement for Harley Bernal, Mr... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. He's a, well, he might as well just go into the jungle now. <laughs> for, get he's a, been excluded for a while. Yeah, go to the get, jungle. Get, get the old atomic. Now, just to, um, this news came in today, but uh, some news that we we'd actually already recorded the Fremantle podcast. But uh, Ross Lyon came out today and said, literally, um, Harley's on a eight week training program outside the club. He's got no idea if he's actually following that. And whether or not he meets those goals that we've set for him when he comes back will determine whether or not he's even going to play for us this year. Yep. So that's a pretty much a, a hard that's, no. That's a hard call to say, hard like, yeah. No. So if he doesn't perform on his own and meet those KPIs, then he is really in toast with the coach. And it, the whilst club. it was in written form, it was really harshly written. It was. It, it was, was basically, no, it's, you know, done. There was no playing around. This yeah. is Ross Lyon saying, you know, basically, I don't know how he's going, but he has a list of things he needs to do, and if he doesn't do it, then bye-bye Benel, basically. Yeah. So, so uh, just uh, just, just don't. If you've got Benel, get rid of him. Uh, next one, Dom Tyson. Not super good relevant for me. Nope. He only had 300s this year, and the highest of those was 102. So what a ceiling. 102 Tyson, that's what I call him. Yeah, I just uh, to be honest with Tyson, he's just never really amazed um, le- on the field, let alone in Supercoach. No. Uh, he averaged, uh, what, 90.6 2016, which is probably his better year, and he had eight tons in that one. But look, I don't even really see him much as a bench option in draft, possibly, if that Bernie Vince, what happened to Bernie? 98 average in 2015, 92 in 2016, and then 78.8. I can tell you what happened. He's, I think he's, he's old. A, he's a fill man. He's, he's just uh, old. He's a sellies, I think. He just, <laughs> they put him wherever they need, and it's not really super coach relevant too much anymore. That being said, uh, he hasn't missed a preseason session this season coming up, so I'm uh, not sure of his role at this point. I'd like to see him push back in the midfield. Do you think that with Melbourne defence being so strong that Bernie could actually get some more roles on the inside. No, definitely not. He's 33 years old. They're going to, they're promoting youth. Um, they, they want guys in the team that are going to carry the team forward, and Bernie is not that person. Oh, I didn't know he's 33. Yeah. All right, so Bernie making oranges. Right. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, rookies, I actually think um, Sam Widman's one to keep an eye on. A bit expensive for me, 175K, but he's put on size and he'll get a forward role. Problem is... He is that key forward sort of role, which means he's not going to be that relevant, I don't think. Uh, Joel Smith didn't have any luck last year. Uh, got injured early. Keeping an oh, eye on him. People, and he had a really good first game, I think. And he did. The Points per game. minute, he did yeah. well and then got done. But look, um, he could be one to consider, especially if O'Shea doesn't get a gig. So for me, yep. he's looking. He's around that mark. He's second tier for me. But if O'Shea doesn't get the, the role that we think he might, then that would be one to go. 
Uh, Charlie Spargo. What a great name. Spargo. Spargo. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Uh, 117. This is Spargo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good. I like that. Thank you very much. You've pulled one. I know. I tried every now and then, just yeah, little nuggets of gold coming out. So. Oh wow! You're welcome. Uh, so look, uh, Charlie Spargo, one seventeen k. He's a, a modern small forward that can provide defensive pressure, uh, and as well, he's a offensively um, pr- provides offensive pressure in games. So he's blessed with great agility, endurance, speed, and footy IQ. And that's not my writing; that is a direct quote. <laughs> Excellent. So look, he's that is a coach for. in the junior leagues yeah. or something. So, and the last man I will note is we have mentioned him previously is the Petrarca. Yep. So uh, everyone is on it, and I everyone's yeah. on the Petrarca train. So he doesn't make sense to me. Seventy-eight point cool. eight in twenty seventeen. Uh, but look, he's been training in the midfield this preseason. His fitness levels up. He's been running. So that's the endurance. one good thing. So he, he's definitely running with the midfield group, and he's improved. I think it was like by two PBs, 10, 10 seconds no, in his three K time trial. Or something? Two PBs. His first wow. one, his first time trial, he had a PB by thirty five seconds. Wow. His second time trial, he beat that again by a further ten seconds. Makes sense. Yeah. So that was the two K time trial. Um, unless that was the 35 second in the 2K and then 10 in the 3, that doesn't make sense. So I'm pretty sure it's a 2K time trial. Feel free to correct this if we're wrong, but either way, he looks very impressive. Um, he could be the next big thing or he could be the next Tuke Miller Burnman 2.0. I think it's more in the latter, and the reason is, I mean, last year he only had three tons. One of them was 121, but the other two were under 105, so 101 and 105. So from an entire year where he played every single game, he only had three tons with a uh, two of them being just over that. I, I, I don't see his average increasing amazingly unless he's literally playing out of the midfield every single game. Um, so, I, I, look, if you're going between that Dugowie and Petraka, I think both of them are at that point where you don't really know at this point. Yeah. Um, and it's a JLT watch. If all everyone's in their midfield side or their starting midfield side, then you can uh, accurately go, okay, well, Petraka's going to be on. on I think there could be a little bit more room in the Melbourne midfield. Yeah. Um, just because, like, there's, yeah, there's some good ball users, but there's no one of the quality that Collingwood have inside the engine room. So there yeah. could be room. But look. He's a jet, though, Petraka. I mean, when he yeah. gets the ball, he's got clean hands, first touch hands. I love watching him play. He's an absolute gun. I think that um, really what I'm going to do or what a lot of people might do is you choose one of those guys that's going to break out, whether it's your Dugowie or your Petraka or your Walters or whatever it may be. Or your Lob. Or your Lob. And then at the you know, at the end of round two, you can trade sideways to whichever one is actually getting the, that role that they're going to be. Yeah, should, and keep an eye on the role, just not the score, and be like, oh, they got the score, oh, but they burst, they burst the Lions, and then next minute they're horrible. Yeah. Um, but here's one thing I will say about Petrarca. Uh, he was he did have an interview, and he said, look, uh, this is a direct quote, he said, they, they said, yeah, I'll play midfield, uh, but I reckon I'll be playing there three minutes out of three... Uh, three minutes in there, and then I'll be pushing forward again. They probably don't trust me yet. But then he said that laughing, so I don't know. I think that kind of is a bit more in jest. I think the positive to take out of that is he is playing in the midfield. They Some said midfield, yeah. well, they said he's playing in the midfield. So I think again, I think watch it. So that's I mean I think he does fit into their midfield mix because he's he can win it inside. But he can spread outside. Yep. So and then he can rest forward and then try and do some damage. He's there. a Dustin Martin. It's just not. It may not just not be his time yet. Um, so definitely watch. I'm not saying it's a no. I definitely want him in my team if he's going to be midfield. One hundred percent. All right. So a quick little draft round out. I think Oliver. We definitely see in round one. Yep. Going. Uh, the consistency there and there's definitely some upside. 
Gorn, I see going anywhere between round two to four, depending on how... When the rucks go. Yeah, and if we expect him to be the number one pick, or number one um, average score, yep. then I see him probably being nearly one of the first picks, if not the first couple. So anywhere between round two to four, it'd be a ballsy for end of first round pick if you wanted to try and make a statement. Yep. And Hibbert, I see around the same, anywhere around two to three. Generally, that 100 average sort of defender will go anywhere around that round two to three. Uh, and then Jones four to six, so Viney hopefully should slide, and that pretty much sums up Melbourne. Yeah, well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, obviously, there was a lot to get through there. They've got quite a few different players, but I'm I'm glad you stuck to the end. If you did, yes, thanks very much. Highly appreciated. And uh, until next time, feel free to shout out and give us any feedback. But we really appreciate the listeners, and we've been absolutely blown away, really humbled by the response so far. So enjoy whatever you're doing after this. Peace, until next time. Cheers. Talking in my sleep at night, making myself crazy. Out of my mind, out of my mind. Wrote it down and read it out, hoping it would save me.